You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to another edition of the E2C Network and Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. Today on this episode, we're going to be talking about Auburn in the 2021 NBA Draft. It was a highly successful draft, has become the trend over the last couple of years for Auburn men's basketball and their representation for the program, Bruce Pearl, and everybody associated and the fans in general because this has been an unprecedented time. Uh, So we thought we'd get on here and talk about the results of that with two guys that got drafted and some other implications in the draft. To do that, though, I brought in my friend and fellow co-host of Inside the Jungle, Mr. Gray Oldenburg. Gray, welcome back. Thank you. Now, Gray, I did say I wanted to talk about a certain topic before we got started, but you won't allow me to do that, will you? No. uh, Yeah. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Already. Um, Gray does not want to talk about last episode. It was horrendous. (laughs) You said you didn't want to talk about it, and you're continuing to talk about it. Well, let's just just move on. (laughs) Let's get to the happy stuff. You can go back to last episode and hear my general thoughts about that overall, if you'd like. I got uh, the opportunity, I'll say, I was going to say that the unpleasure, unpleasure is not a word. That's how bad it was. It made me say untrue words. Uh, to break down uh, that game and the frustrations that were happening with it. But here on this episode today, we want to talk about much more exciting topics, something that we've been sitting on pins and needles about for the last, I don't know, Gray, how long have we been speculating about Sharif, JT, Thor, who else might go? How long February you- at minimum. I, I feel like personally that the day he got injured was the day we all started the clock in our heads, yeah. you know, wondering what was going to happen so rewind the clock back for me take yourself back to february maybe early march where it became evident he was probably not going to be coming back both of them maybe to some degree where at that time did you think jt thor and sharif were going to end up in the draft i thought sharif would end up late first round and i thought jt would go undrafted but i mean you see what the combine and what draft workouts and measurables and all the stuff that comes with it can do with the results of what we got on Thursday night. So do you consider, and we're going to talk about it in more detail, obviously uh, in each little piece of this, but do you consider the 2021 NBA draft a success for Auburn and Bruce Pearl? Um, We had two players drafted. We're one of what seven schools to have two players drafted. Only one school had three players drafted. I think it is a success. Yes. (laughs) I, I know that was an easy answer for you, but yeah. I, I think that you see a lot of people, and, and yeah. this goes back to what we've talked about with this being a new concept for the Auburn family, <laughs> Auburn being good at basketball on a consistent basis. We're yeah. not used to we're not used to play, players coming one and done. We're not used to players having a hard decision between us and the G, G League. We're not used to if you have two players and they don't go in the first round, that's still really, really good. So I agree with you. This was a humongous success for the Auburn program, obviously for the two players we're going to talk about, but uh, obviously just for perception, the recruiting tool that coach Pearl gets out of this. It's just absolutely incredible. So um, JT Thor and Sharif Cooper were the only ones that had declared for the draft. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Alan Green declare at one point and come out of the draft? 
Alan Flanagan. Alan, excuse me. Alan. I think, Alan no, Green, I don't I think, think he did. Alan Green. Uh, sorry, man. I'd love to prepare for the draft. <laughs> he's like, shoot, I'd go out there and play right now. Sorry, AD. <laughs> no, I don't. I know. I think Alan said he was coming back at first. Yeah. I don't think he declared at all, but I think, you know, next year is something that I need to keep an eye on, but that's for, that's for future talks. Do you think he had a chance to get drafted if he had stayed in it? Mm. I don't know. I don't think so. I think I, he would have been close, but I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I think based off of what we saw here uh, with the other two, it was a pretty tough draft class yeah. in terms of what they're looking for. Now, I think Apparently. part of that has to do with maybe some of the, I hate to say the word deficiencies, but some yeah. of the issues that maybe dropped some of our uh, players a little bit further than some of the fans would have liked i will admit i stayed up what was it like midnight one o'clock here almost by the time i didn't (laughs) everything got uh over with and both players were drafted here so i think it was a disappointment that we had to stay up that long to see all them drafted but your first draft pick for the auburn tigers jt thor goes to the charlotte hornets in round two for pick 37 overall so based off of what you said of your impressions uh, back in March, do you think JT Thor overachieved or do you think he finished probably right where you thought he might? I think back in March, I didn't think there was any chance that he would get drafted. So that's overachieving. But then we saw that draft grade really shoot up to maybe even like in or late first round. And then, then I was like, then it kind of stopped a little bit, but I think JT, was a huge success and you know he uh if, if for the people that don't know i am a lifelong hornets <laughs> fan as a hornets fan thursday night when we drafted jt thor i lit up i was i was i was so pumped about that because <laughs> he's got tremendous upside tremendous measurables the longest wingspan at the combine he had the longest wingspan for the draft he was showed tremendous promise and tremendous progression at Auburn through all the stuff that went on with the ban and the injuries and the no point guard and all the transfers and all that. He was one of our most consistent players beside like Jalen Williams. um, And he was, he was great. So seeing him go to the Hornets, uh, it puts a smile on my face. I got to ask why the Hornets or the Bobcats or whatever y'all have switched back and forth. I've, over. I've got family up there. That, that's a, that's a whole nother story for a different day. But, but uh, <laughs> hold on though. I got to ask what, what was this whole switching to Bobcats? The Hornets went to know oh, well, the Bobcats. I, I wasn't a big fan of the name, the Bobcats. Uh, I was excited when we decided to switch to the Hornets, I believe in 2013. Yeah. Um, but I was 11 at the time. <laughs> It has been a little while since the Bobcats existed. Yeah. I remember when they became a uh, the the team to represent in Charlotte, and I was like, Bobcats, that's just weird. I mean, can't say that there's not other weird names in the NBA, but that's not what we're here to critique is the names of the teams in the NBA. Uh, the good thing about this that I see is for Auburn family members, this isn't Isaac Okoro going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's be honest. There's probably a lot of Auburn family members up there. There's not as much as there's going to be in North Carolina, though. So if you are an Auburn Tiger fan and you want to, like, take a step in to go into NBA games, especially if you haven't before, this is not a far cry for you to go watch JT Thor again as a Charlotte Hornet. 
and I, I'm not a huge NBA fan, so Gray, please correct me if I'm wrong, but they are more than likely in the same division as the Atlanta Hawks, right? Yes, they are. Okay, so there's another connection for that as well. So if you're an Atlanta fan, you've got a chance. If you're a re- Atlanta resident, you got a chance to come see JT Thor here. There's other ob- There's Memphis as well. Uh, New Orleans teams down in, uh, for crying out loud. He could go see Chimo Kiki in Orlando. You know, there's <laughs> there's that as well. So this is a great opportunity uh, for Auburn fans to get an opportunity, maybe on a more frequent basis than an Isaac Coro, who is still uh, by far our best draft pick in quite some time. Uh, to get to see him play. What do you think the Hornets saw in JT? And in with that answer, do you think that he's going to see early playing time? Oh, I think the Hornets saw their, his upside. His his upside is the the reason why he was in this draft at all and not you know preparing to come play back at Auburn is because he's got tremendous size. He's he's very. Uh, I, I don't really know how to. He's he's ready. I think we saw, especially in the act when we went to Kentucky this past year, we saw the JT Thor who was ready to play in the NBA. And with the Hornets, I think, you know, in the past few years, we've been drafting so much based on fit and so much based on need. And sometimes you just got to take a chance at the guys who have the best upside, which we did last year and we had the rookie of the year. So mm-hmm. we're doing this year again. Well, it's a, it's a bold statement. You've got two opportunities to pull that off. Uh, JT probably, like you said, has m- the more upside potential maybe to do something like that. Um, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Playing time, I, I would expect him to get a lot of playing time in the summer league, and I would expect him to get a lot of early playing time. Um, the forward position for the Hornets has gotten kind of weird because it's not crowded, but the guard position is a lot more crowded and the center position is almost empty. <laughs> so, you know, I think it just depends on what other free agency additions the Hornets get and the Hornets lose and their other draft picks. You know, we picked the guard from UConn, James Boak Knight, and the forward from te- the big center forward from Texas, Kai Jones before Thor. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. We should not probably be expecting JT to be inserted into the starting lineup, though. That's probably a fair assumption. That's Miles Bridges's. (laughs) (laughs) But doesn't mean that he can't work himself into some significant playing time uh, this rookie season that he's going to be having. Depends on how he does in the summer league, how you said, shakeup of the organization in terms of who they fill these certain spots that they need to fill and figure out in certain positions. Uh, but JT obviously has a very bright future. You know, the interesting thing about his trajectory in the draft for me was watching Bruce Pearl literally turn a switch on. It felt like maybe about mid-May, late May. And it's not that he was, well, I, I'll say he was advocating for more for one more than the other, that being JT over Sharif. He He obviously would come out on social media and say, hey, you know, obviously Sharif is ready for this and you'd be stupid not to take this guy as your next point guard. But there was a certain thing about Bruce Pearl when he was on social media, when he'd be in interviews and talking about JT Thor. And and when I first started hearing those conversations, he was having reporters and just things he would post. I was like, man, it feels like he's trying too hard to sell. But then you started hearing these reports come out of the combine, these scouts, these impressions that people were getting. And, And the narrative I felt like about maybe early July or actually mid mid June, maybe started shifting 
is JT Thor going to jump Sharif Cooper as the best draft pick this year? And lo and behold, he does. So Bruce Pearl not only is a great marketer again, but he was right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, an incredible thing there to see that this where we all thought Sharif was going to go first and it was just set in stone. And all of a sudden, JT Thor, who was going back and forth, waffling, am I going to stay, waited as long as he possibly could and finally decided to say he's the guy who ended up having the better night, quote unquote, if you want to say that he had a better night, uh, goes in the second round of the 37th. Uh, draft pick if there was another team that you think might have taken him was there anybody out there that you were thinking about you know before the draft even started I had my eyes at at Utah at the very last pick of the first round because I I had seen him mocked there a few times and I was like that's an interesting fit because they're not really a team that needs a big time forward right now and it's a good development play so I mean that's the only other one I was really thinking of but I'm happy to get him on the Hornets so if there was one thing that JT Thor had working against him that kept him from going higher in the draft, which, you know, obviously a lot of Auburn fans had had their hopes for. What do you think it was? Uh, you know, I think it was a little lack of uh, consistency. Maybe, you know, he wasn't always, he wasn't that, you know, average 20 points a game. I think he averaged nine at Auburn, but he had that, you know, he would, he'd have one game where he'd go for five points. He had one game, he'll go for 26 points. You know, I think it was a little bit of consistency, but you know, his measurables, his upside, his potential. I mean, that, that's the whole reason he got drafted. See, I tend to think it's a little bit, yes, his measurables are good for his upside, his potential. But I think, honestly, in the type of position he's going to be playing in, while he t- makes advantage of what he has with right now with his athleticism, I think he needs a little bit more filling out. And I haven't oh, yeah. gotten a good look at him since you know he last put on the orange and blue. Um, he may have filled out by then. Uh, but I think that that's, for me, is why he probably didn't go higher is because they, they see the potential. They see the upside. I kind of make the same case that people uh, made for Chumo Kiki with Orlando taking him as high as they did in the first round. And he had an injury he was overcoming because people knew what was coming and could see that. I think the same case here for JT, you overlook maybe some of the size. And when I say size, I'm not talking about measurables like you were talking about, like length yeah. and height and all that. So I'm talking about just being a, a, a solid, a little bit of more muscle mass on you, yeah. ready to take some of these big boys. I mean, LeBron James is going to be driving at you. You better be ready to take that on. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's that's for me probably what drops him down. But you, how would you, if you had to grade out, uh, not Sharif, JT, and his results, where he went in the draft, and kind of the situation that he fits in. How would you grade that out? Come on, A plus. A plus. <laughs> Charlotte Hornets. I even ask because that's, that's your, you can't even take what, what y'all's colors here. I'm trying to look green, teal, and blue. Can't even take those, those glasses off for half a second. No, I think I think it's a. I think it is about a B because the Hornets is a good place for the change that Charlotte is making in the past two years, going to that more young, more fast paced, more long style of basketball that we've kind of seen teams adjust to. And the Hornets have always been a team that drafted because of needs. Like I said earlier, like if we need a point guard, we skip the once in a generational talent and draft a point guard. Like we drafted Michael K. Gilchrist over Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like that's bad. Gazuntite. So it's, you know, I think, I think it's a good solid fit, especially for the pick that he was made. 
Okay, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just still flabbergasted that you got through that name. <laughs> That's what I'm stuck on right now, to be honest with you. As much as I struggle through names on Tiger Tracks with Jessica for the track and field athletes, the fact that you got through that one, that's a, a plus for you, sir. We're talking about grading a, a pick here. I'm going to give you an A plus for that. Thank uh, you. Anyway, I'll I, take it. I do agree with, with, with everything that you said there. And I, I think JT Thor obviously had the best night overall in terms of where he falls in the draft. Uh, and was probably the nice little surprise that made waiting so long worth it. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest, every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcast, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. Now let's talk about Sharif Cooper, who goes not too far behind JT Thor in the second round at the 48th pick to his hometown team because he's from... McNamara, I think, is his high school, which is not too far, actually, from where I'm talking to you right now. Uh, high school, but that's uh, Atlanta Hawks. He goes in the 48th pick, second round. Sharif Cooper will not will be playing not too far from Auburn. So, again, I make the same case that I do for the Auburn fans about JT being in Charlotte. If you're an NBA fan or you're wanting to be an NBA fan more, opportunities to either see him in person or on TV, you've got it here with him being in Atlanta. So your initial impressions about Sharif going to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the whole night, I was just, the, from about the 15th pick on, I was just waiting to hear Sharif's name. And I, I got more and more frustrated every single pick that was made because I was like, that guard is not better than him. Mm-hmm. That guard got whipped by Sharif on the floor. That is not right. Um, but it's because it's of his size and it's because of his lack of three-point shooting in college or his inconsistent three-point shooting in college yeah. um so i i i don't know i i wasn't i wasn't very happy that he went that low I, i'm not really happy that he went behind a already young established point guard as like trey young is but you know i think there's an upside to it i do as well um if you had to pick uh of the two that you mentioned there, because I completely agree. Those are the two things that were probably working against him. His overall size currently he'll get bigger. He'll get stronger yeah. um, as time goes on, just like JT they will, but it was at his size or his three point shooting outside shooting, maybe more the better way just to categorize it was more, which one was more of the detriment to him. In the- I think it's the size because I think size is harder to fix, especially in the NBA as a three point shot would be. Cause I mean, there's professional three point coaches or trainers or whatever they can get his shot and his shot's not completely broken. Right. Like he's got a decent shot and it can be fixed. So I think it's his size. I think so too. I do put a little bit more weight with 
uh, the three-point, just outside shooting in general. But the, the thing that you have to think about this is this guy only had, what, 15 games, 12 max, games, 12, 12 games, games. Yeah. to show his stuff. And he already made that big enough of impression to go in the NBA draft. So you're, you're working off of 12 games of tape and his high school tape to let and say that this is what he is like, either in what he does with his size or with his outside shooting. Yeah. And I think if he had shown a little bit more of a propensity to be able to be a little bit more accurate from outside in a short time there, he goes up a little bit higher because yeah. the point guard position, while you don't want to be a shrimp, you don't have to be all that big. We've seen people be very successful. Uh, you know, Earl Boykins, Mugsy Bowes. <laughs> just to, I know those are some old names, but just throwing out some. Uh, uh, Trey Young, Chris Paul, they're, they're more our generation. Which brings up a great point. And I, again, I've already said it a minute. I'm not a huge NBA fan. I only follow the Auburn players and just kind of keep up with what they're doing. Is Trey Young the current point guard for the Atlanta Hawks? Yes. Okay, I thought so. Yes. I couldn't remember if he had switched to more of a just guard position as opposed to point guard. Uh, but that's a that's a big name that's not been there all that long. How do you feel Sharif fits into the lineup there with an already established point guard? I think he's a backup. And that's the that's kind of the issue that I saw when he immediately went to Atlanta. I was like, they've already got an established young point guard who's who led them to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's not going to jump Trey Young, and I don't see him fitting into a shooting guard spot because that shooting guard position has grown more to, you need to be 6'5 to 6'8. Right. And he he's not that, and he's not that good of a shooter yet to be just standing over and being ready for a shot. He needs to have the ball in his hands, dribbling, and making those unworldly passes with the great vision that he has. But he's not going to do that alongside Trey Young. So let's walk it out as it maybe let's pretend we're GMs for a second and, and coaches and, and the rest of whatever staff just makes these decisions for the Atlanta Hawks. I, I can see a case being made. Trey Young, you just said, took him to, to the Eastern Conference Finals, and he's been doing big things since then. That's just the most recent thing. Names getting bigger. As your name gets bigger, your reputation gets more prominent. You require more money. Can you? I can see a scenario where Trey Young is probably more expensive than they're willing to take on. Why not draft your point guard of the future, let him play behind, and get a little bit bigger, continue to work on his shot. So when that moment comes where Trey Young says, hey, I'm doing still pretty good, or if he's falling off, that could work the other way as well, then you've got Sharif Cooper ready. Now we're assuming that Sharif Cooper stays there long term, but I don't know. That's kind of the angle that I see. Uh, that Sharif potentially fits in at the Atlanta Hawks. So do you do you not like this pick for him? Do you just think that this is kind of I just think a it's a bit... weird, weird fit. I like that it's a hometown, you know, hometown home run or whatever. Um I think Atlanta at 48 was just like Sharif Cooper's still on the board. What? <laughs> Take it. And just took it. <laughs> I mean he's a top he had a top 20 grade. Like that's the whole reason he left Auburn. Because he had a top 20 grade. Right. Like, he didn't need the money. He didn't need to go play pro. He could have come back and been one of the best players in college basketball last year or this coming year. So I just think it's a really weird fit to go to a team like Atlanta with a already established perennial superstar in Trey Young. So I'll ask you the same question I asked about JT. Was there another team you kind of had your eye on for him or that you thought might have been a good pick for him? Ooh. 
see, I was I was looking more in the twenties, maybe like late teens, right uh-huh. right after the lottery, and I was like, you know, I I like the New Orleans thing because yep. of guys like Zion and you know Jackson Hayes and those big guys, and it looked like Lonzo was heading out, which he just did. Um, <laughs> he went to Chicago. So I was like, I really liked the the whole New Orleans thing. I also understood the whole go to New York and be the star of the Knicks, but didn't really like that because I'm not really one to root for the Knicks. So <laughs> um, not biased whatsoever. In this no, 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 I just didn't like that. But um, yeah, I I, I liked New Orleans. I think they had like picked 17 or 18 somewhere around there, and I was like that's where i could see sharif going and then pick and you know we kept going and kept going and kept going i was just like once i saw jt get picked i was like i'm going to bed this is ridiculous he's <laughs> so upset about it <laughs> i i also thought new york was going to be the place where he landed i saw a lot of social media buzz about the time that first pick for them came rolling around and i was like oh this this might be it and it was you know between the 15 to 20 range which like you said he graded out about a 20 and i had kind of i had flipped back and forth over these past two or three months who was going to go first you know for the longest time i said no yeah. way jt thumps uh trumps uh sharif in, in terms of draft overall pick then i had switched to jt thor because bruce being the great marketer he was had convinced me that jt yeah. thor is the sleeper pick in the nba draft and in some sense he probably is uh but i had kind of switched back and gone back to the old ride and say nah i just i think sharif i hadn't looked to see what the draft class looked like in terms of point guards but I also was watching ESPN's not coverage, but they're online trackers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a point where he came up at, and he was listed as the number three uh, point guard prospect. And he kept coming up as a good fit for all these people in their tracker. And I'm like, well, what's going on here? And it was like, I-, I don't know why these people aren't taking him. And then it really got infuriating when you saw other point guards getting taken yeah. as opposed to just different positions. And then there was this one point I'll, I'll never forget where they, on their tracker, they have the best available for position need and best available overall. Sharif was the best overall available, and JT was the best uh, at that position they needed. And I'm like, surely someone's going to take one of these two here. It's And it still didn't happen. And I think that's what happened for a lot of us Auburn fans that night, is that we were, again, paying attention to what, quote-unquote, analysts and experts are saying. Yeah. And you got to remember – I felt in the trap that I always try to remind people of, especially when it comes to like recruiting and things like that. Numbers, rankings, stars don't mean jack diddly squat when it comes down to that moment. It matters what you do with those moments. And I will flip that and say it doesn't matter where these two went in the draft. doesn't even matter, honestly, if they get drafted. It matters what they do with the opportunities that they get. That's exactly right. So that's kind of where we're at. And I'm going to put my soapbox down for a second because I got kind of riled up there. For a <laughs> uh, but if you had to grade out Sharif Cooper, just an honest opinion, and his draft pick, what, how you think it fits him, the team, what do you think? I think it's about a C plus. I, I, I just don't like to fit going there. I understand, like, the whole reason I say C plus is because he got picked, number one, which is, you know, we need to appreciate that more. And because it's a hometown kid and I think he could learn a little bit from Trey. Um, you know, I think Trey could also learn a little bit from Sharif. So it's, it's just a really weird and odd fit. I just think Atlanta was just extremely happy that he was there at 48. It made a lot of sense for them when, when a guy like Sharif Cooper is sitting there, not taken that late 
And even if you got a point guard, like, well, heck, let's go ahead and prepare for the future. <laughs> Just go ahead and take, take the guy yeah. now. Uh, made a lot of sense for them. And I think they they might end up walking away with the steal of the NBA draft. Yep. We'll find out in a couple of years. Uh, the good thing, though, and I think the thing that Auburn fans should take away from this, is now you look across the board here. 2019, Chumo Kiki to the Orlando Magic. 2020, Isaac Okor to the Cleveland Cavaliers. 2021, 20, Sharif Cooper, the Atlanta Hawks, JT Thor to the Charlotte Hornets. And who knows what is coming up in the future. And you've still got Jared Harper out there with his little two-way deals and mm-hmm. always trying to fight his way into a roster. So you never know who's going to take a chance on little Jared Harper. And if they do, they will be very happy, I promise you guys. But right. uh, you'll never see uh, – we'll see what happens. There's, there's yeah. a lot of opportunities out there. Before we go, though, I do want to mention this. A couple of names that were in the draft that you could associate with Auburn, and I think that Coach Pearl could use his recruiting tools because they didn't necessarily come to Auburn, uh, but they were heavily considered. Jalen Green went very high in the draft. Everybody knows that he fully admitted that he was going to Auburn if he didn't choose the G League. Jonathan Kaminga, Greg Brown. And then there's, of course, our guy Davion Mitchell, who – I think made the right choice in going to Baylor. I think yeah. so. <laughs> I think it worked yeah. out pretty well for him. You have to say that because, I mean, he won a national championship. <laughs> but honestly, I kind of pulled that as like a, a little victory for ourselves saying, okay, this is a guy that spent time under Bruce Pearl yeah. and he gets drafted this high. So what'd you think about some of those other names and where they went or who, who stuck out to you the most? Uh, Davion did, man. He's so, so excited for Davion. You know, that's like, you know, his freshman year was a fun year and I really enjoyed him and was really excited about him for the future, but it was fun to watch him at Baylor and watch that tournament run that he went on and the, all the, all the buzz that he got about the draft and his defense and all that. So I was really, really happy for Dave. I, I was really excited to see Jalen continue his rise. Um, he, you know, it's just nice affirmation to see a guy that said, I was choosing Auburn if this opportunity wasn't available for me mm-hmm. and to see him work out in the G League and then work out in terms of where he lands in the draft. That's a that's a huge win, obviously, him. And we're only kind of claiming victory vicariously. But uh, I think it is a small, tiny, minus, minuscule uh, victory that Auburn can claim to that. But obviously very happy for all of them, especially Davion Mitchell and where he ended up. And, uh, you know, we don't claim moral victories here or, or by proxy national championships like Alabama fans, but it kind of feels like we can with Davion. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. So that is where our thoughts are with the NBA draft 2021. Congrats to Sharif. Congrats to JT Thor. And we'll see in a year's time what we're talking about. Maybe two, maybe three. Maybe I doubt that, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Auburn obviously made waves and had a very good overall draft. Now, next up, our most our next anticipated episode will probably be a schedule overview. If you've been paying attention, Auburn basketball has announced the home and away SEC assignments. They've also found out the first team that they'll be playing in. Uh, the battle for Atlantis challenge in the Bahamas that they'll be going to in early season competition. So a lot of those things are starting to take shape. So we will probably, I would anticipate August is usually when you get that full schedule announcement. And we'll be talking about that. If nothing else big happens soon uh, in the very near future. So great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your anticipation. Yep. I appreciate, I appreciate you trying to take off your little Hornet glasses. <laughs> For just a second, I mean, my gosh, could you fanboy anymore? 
I'm excited. Uh, there was two things I was worried about. Him just going off about War Ready, but also just fangirling about the Hornets the entire time. <laughs> Thank you for controlling yourself. But if they want to get in touch with you uh, on social media, where can yeah, they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Gray Oldenburg or on Instagram at GrayO21. And you can find me on Twitter at TigerI24. That's all we have from this episode of Inside the Jungle. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?